You're listening to Argy's Poetry Pickle Jar. Hello and welcome to another installment of Argy's Poetry Pickle Jar. My name is Argy Manuel Pillay, poet and your host for the next brilliant 15 minutes. Here at the Pickle Jar, we bring a new poet into the spotlight each week. We ask them to bring a poem they truly love and adore and cherish, and they tell us why they love it so much. It's about opening you up to new poets, new styles, and basking in the love for reading. Today's guest is a poet, playwright, and novelist, and the current Young People's Laureate for London. Her poems have appeared in The White Review, Magma, and Bath Mag. She's a former resident at the Roundhouse and a TEDx speaker, and her debut novel is forthcoming from the Borough Press, uh, which is HarperCollins. As well as all this, she is a great facilitator and advocate for poetry for people of all ages it is of course cecilia now cecilia how are you doing that was such a nice intro thank you so much <laughs> yeah i'm fine i think before we started recording i had a little bit of a, a moan about just kind of obviously the times that we're living in um so i'm feeling much better about this gray january when i'm stuck indoors knowing that we can discuss poems for a little bit yeah, it's difficult because I don't, I think on about 50 or 70% I've asked, how's lockdown going? Yeah. <laughs> it's dead. You can't be <laughs> doing that every episode. People also so not going to date well in six months. I know, but well, also if then it feel like your podcast series is like a pandemic series <laughs> because this feels like it's going on forever. And so every poet's going to be like, yeah, look, I'm in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So let's pretend we're not. Let's just pretend we're <laughs> at Absolutely. Home. And you and not just you, um, like... I've had lots of different poets and all those poets, each of them, when I ask them like, oh, can you send me the poem in advance? They send me like 20 poems and they're yeah. like, oh, I might do this one. I might do this one. I might do this one. <laughs> and uh, you did the same last night. Uh, talk us through some of the uh, fears or challenges when I ask you just to pick one poem. Yeah, I hate to be that person. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I was panicking. I'm quite indecisive um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a self-doubter. So when you asked me to pick a poem to discuss on this podcast, um, I was just like paralysed, sat at my desk looking at the row of poetry books I have and then looking at the folder of all the printouts and photocopies of poems that I have from every workshop I've ever been to. And I was like, is this an impossible task? Um, and I struggled with, should I pick a poem that kind of responds to the times that we're currently living in, to the kind of myriad social injustices that keep like kind of spewing from the mouths of the corrupt government? Or should I pick something that responds to the pandemic? Or should I pick like a canonical text from one of the, you know, major players in the poetry world? And I was just going round and round in circles in my head thinking, are people going to think I'm dumb for not, for picking, I don't know, for not picking a seminal poem or whatever. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to reconnect with my new year's resolution, which is, it's not that deep. Like I am trying to re-establish uh, the joy of writing and reading into my life and not kind of burdening myself with 
uh, what other people think and whether I will be considered a proper poet. You know, I'm trying to just be like, why did you start writing poems in the first place? I started writing because it felt good. And why did you start reading poems in the first place? I started reading because it connected me to myself and to other humans. And so if I boil it down to those basics again, just choose a poem that I've loved reading at the moment that speaks to me and that brings me joy and that makes me think. And so, um, once I'd kind of freed myself of that pressure, I was just like, I'm going to open this book that I love and just pick one of the poems from it. Do you want to read out the one that you chose? Yeah, so I chose a poem from Rachel Long's first collection, which is My Darling from the Lions, um, published by Picador. Um, there's been a lot of hype around this book, rightly so. Um, I've always loved Rachel's poetry and um, I inhaled this book when it first came out and the one that i picked is called self-portrait with baby great self-portrait with baby you don't even have a baby haven't wanted one for a decade you did not to hold but to hold over them the boys you loved and wanted to keep you wanted a good glue the most lasting to render them unable to forget or delete you. Ooh, those now men parking up, slamming doors, striding down your private path as they will next Friday and the one after, one after another to your cottage door, knocking on the stained glass because they're still barbaric. You shudder, you must answer, pull your cardigan together, open your smart black door, don't let them in. Don't let them all the way in, but they're close enough already. Up the step, on the welcome mat, train a toe cap or arrowhead of a smart shoe over the skirting, on, touching your scrubbed up tiles. You pick the baby up from where she's been this whole time, on the bench under the window, how could you have missed her? Curled cute as a prawn in her pink brushed cotton, blurry face, real hands, a hat, as if she comes with a carrier, a seat for a car you don't have and can't drive. The baby is yours. You know it like hunger. Hi, he says to his watch, ostentatious as ever, then reaches out, I'll bring her back Monday. You're weak, but lift the carrier and hand her, your baby girl, over to him or to him or the other. They knock one after the other and collect and collect your babies, which they say are also theirs, your babies together. It's only fair. There were agreements you can't break and mustn't break. So you hand them over and over the threshold and she goes each time she goes. Yes, really great to have this Rachel Long poem on here. I actually don't own this book, which is unusual. It's actually come up before because someone was talking about it in this podcast. I love this poem a lot. Um, it's great, isn't a, it? It's really great. I love one thing I'm really into, which I haven't made a workshop about yet, is like um, unraveling images. Mm -hmm. uh, she does it with but they're close enough already up the step along the welcome mat trainer mm. toka i love those things because it's mm. like revealing 
Mm. Um, and she does that really well here twice, even in the, when we are taken uh, to the house and the house is becoming a metaphor and it transforms almost as the poem's going along. Yeah. Uh, which is lovely. What, what were some of the things that you loved about it? Yeah, I really agree with what you just said. It feels like the poem is happening as you read it, which feels exciting. Um, I think that it's the it's something about the tone and the register that I love so much about this. It's kind of almost conspiratorial. Like I was reading a, a Salima Hill quote the other day about how in a poem you don't want to lock your reader out rather you sort of want to kind of welcome them in conspiratorially secret yeah like you're kind of sharing a secret and what I love about this the confidence of even using the word ooh she spells it e-w-w she goes ooh those now men parking up slamming doors striding down your private path um, and knocking on the stained glass because they're still barbaric. It feels like a bit like a Lydia Davis story or a poem where like the men are kind of homogenized and they're kind of delightfully separate from the speaker and, and almost sent up, you know, this idea that she kind of sends up masculinity, like the man parking up and striding down the path in their trainer toe cap or arrowhead of a smart shoe crossing the threshold she kind of invites us to in to her world to kind of almost poke fun at that kind of masculinity she does it in another poem in the collection where she kind of mentions um a man's dvd collection and it just makes me laugh and smile because it kind of hurtles me back to like my early 20s in like university rooms of certain men who have like no bed sheets on and like a stack of kind of dusty dvds in the corner <laughs> so it's something about that tone and it's something about that the fun um and the humor of it whilst also kind of breaking your heart at the end with this image of these imagined babies um being handed over to these numerous men that keep coming and knocking on the door to collect them it's a powerful image it's almost like in this surreal world in this dream world of the poem where she's imagining the babies that haven't been born but had once been alive in her mind even in that dream world the men come and take and i think that that is it's really clever to have that kind of sort of tongue-in-cheek depiction of these men whilst also having that kind of heartbreaking punch at the yeah. end you know? yeah i agree it's that it's that the nostalgia uh combined with the surrealism mm. uh running in some of the colloquial voices uh, one that stands out is as if she comes with a carrier yeah it's this unconventional approach to being maternal i think that i think is really interesting as well like she hasn't noticed that there's a baby here. There she is, she says, how could you have missed her? And um, the baby is there, but it's like, as if she comes with her own carrier, almost like she's a Barbie or a doll or something. So it's this kind of not noticing that baby there. And so therefore challenging expected feelings of being maternal, as women are often expected to be maternal, aren't they? Yeah. And and there's a as you get I mean I'm 30 next year and 
I feel quite keenly that pressure of am I maternal do I want babies I've imagined babies in the past does my future have babies in it you know like that the topic of babies is unavoidable even though initially she says you don't even have a baby haven't wanted one for a decade and yet this whole poem is about babies and imagining babies and babies being taken and yeah for sure and I think that's uh, pulled out a lot by the title it's the with baby the way that's attached onto it mm. um, is what makes it feel and that sort of sentiment runs through the whole thing yeah and it's interesting that the, that the title is self-portrait with baby and then the first line just switches it instantly you don't even have a baby yeah that's, that's pretty mad and it's almost like empo- being empowered like you don't have a baby but it's then it's also on the other hand you could read it as somebody almost criticizing you don't even have a baby you know so there's mm. there's so much duplicity and in this poem there's so many things rubbing up against each other in in tension and i don't think any conclusions are drawn it's not supposed to be here is my definitive opinion on procreation and motherhood but it's more allowing these questions to kind of unspool in a dream world in a surreal world and I like the surrealness in this poem and I used to be much more kind of like literal in my writing and like a much more um, like kind of I guess realist and then I remember going to a workshop with Caroline Bird a few years ago and, and she was like what is fact and what is truth and what is the difference between those two things like fact is I am sitting at my desk in Hackney but in a but but truth is different and you don't need to rely on fact to get to truth because if the truth is I'm feeling anxious today and sad or worried or whatever then I don't have to write a poem about sitting at my desk I could write a poem about climbing up a tree that's on fire do you know what I mean yeah I totally do and I think I think that's why people say in this time um poetry's really needed it has a place to to bring together loads of different feelings and bring them all under one roof and this is a really good example of 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 a poem that happens outside of our everyday logic but that makes us feel so strongly and and i think you're right it is it is a way it is one way it's not the only way and you know but it is one way to try and kind of understand or represent this these strange feelings we're all having at the moment thanks cecilia thanks so much thanks for having me self-portrait with baby by rachel long you don't even have a baby haven't wanted one for a decade you did not to hold but hold over them the boys you loved and wanted to keep You wanted a good glue, the most lasting, to render them unable to forget or delete you. Ew. Those now men parking up, slamming doors, striding down your private path, as they will next Friday and the one after, one from another to your cottage door, knocking on the stained glass because they're still barbaric. You shudder. You must answer, pull your cardigan together, open your smart black door, don't let them in, don't let them all the way in, but they're close enough already. 
up the step on the welcome mat train a toe cap or arrowhead of a smart shoe over the skirting on touching your scrubbed up tiles you pick the baby up from where she's been the whole time on the bench under the window how could you have missed her curled cute as a prawn in the pink brushed cotton blurry face red hands a hat as if she comes with a carrier a seat for a car you don't have and can't drive the baby is yours you know it like hunger hi he says to his watch ostentatious as ever then reaches out i'll bring her back monday you're weak but lift the carrier and hand her your baby girl over to him or to him or the other they knock one after the other to collect and collect your babies which they say are also theirs your babies together it's only fair there were agreements you can't break you mustn't break so you hand them over and over the threshold and she goes each time she goes <laughs>